I am excited to have Dravi with us today, uh, who was one of the early participants on Code Arena back in 2021. And it's, a, it's great to have a chat with you because uh, your success on the platform uh, really inspired me to give Web3 security a shot myself. And uh, you are currently a security researcher at Sparebit and an active contributor to Code Arena through uh, contest scoping and also the pre-contest communications. Uh, so thanks for joining me on the podcast today. I look forward to hearing your thoughts around smart contract auditing and uh, how you transition into this space. Yeah, uh, hello Andy and uh, everyone. Thanks for having me. Really excited to be here. Um, so ask away. What would be your first <laughs> question? <laughs> so I believe you started uh, quite early, like uh, doing audits on Code Arena. Was it uh, late 2021 when you started looking into smart contract auditing? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, that might feel early, but it was already kind of late, but still very early. <laughs> um, and yes, my first contest actually was uh, in the last week of 2021. Uh, and uh, the thing is, yeah, uh, it's better if I uh, talk about how I started, uh, how I uh, learned about Web3. Uh, yeah. before that um, because the thing is as uh, you saw and uh, yeah I, I, I gave a big thing um, a big thank you to uh, the Code Arena staff uh, in January I believe and that's what you shared in uh, one of your first videos um, because I didn't know anything uh, in October of 2021 I was into Web2 bug bounty in fact uh, I was in uh, the I don't know if you know about it, but bugbountyhunter.com community was quite active in this community and was doing Web2 bug bounty. And uh, yeah, there was this platform called uh, Immunify uh, that also had uh, Web2 bug bounty programs. Uh, of course, the payouts for smart contracts uh, bugs were a lot higher, but didn't know anything about that. And um, and yeah, I started getting curious about this type of bug bounty. Um, and that's when I went down the rabbit hole, in fact. Uh, I googled, uh, I searched on Twitter, and, and stumbled across Semichel. So I think, be it myself or others, uh, we all kind of got a good start thanks to Semichel um, because he has this blog post uh, that he wrote uh, last year, not last year, uh, 2021, <laughs> already 2023. Um, that was actually a guide on how to start as an auditor. And when you read his post, yeah, he starts by saying that he's number one on Code Arena, and then you just ask yourself, what is Code Arena? And uh, um, down below, he talks about Securium, where he's a mentor, and, and you just ask yourself, what is Securium? And then, by going down the rabbit hole, I, uh, yeah, I, I read uh, Code Arena's documentation and found something amazing. Um, they were paying for duplicates, you know? And yep. <laughs> that was very different from bug bounty programs where... Well, very often you get duplicates and yeah, it's quite crowded, actually. I did get some, some kind of success, 
Uh, but yeah, it's pretty crowded. And so I thought, eh, why not me? And I started going through Sequarium. Um, the thing is, uh, Epoch Zero, uh, the first cohort, already uh, it had already started. But I found a repo on their Discord uh, from OX Taylor that's still one of the big references when some newcomer is asking me how to start i actually send him that repo because it lays out how to go for the boot camp in eight uh, weeks um, well i might have taken 10 weeks but <laughs> and going uh, at it like 30 hours a week it's, it was quite dense in fact but uh, yeah it gives you pretty much all the foundation you need to start understanding reports and uh, start competing on Code Arena. So I joined as an unofficial Securium uh, uh, participant, so I wasn't doing the races, but between, uh, between that repo, um, Patrick D, who is a mentor there uh, and has uh, an amazing blog, uh, with all the previous quizzes that you can just try your hands at and if you get a false or right answer, you, you get the explanation. I I got to actually follow on 10 weeks that uh, bootcamp and I really, really invested myself in it because the more I was learning about this amazing space, the more I just loved it. And so, yeah, that's... Uh, for some people that want to go too fast, I still encourage them to really f start with Securium. It's very important. And even go back to it uh, after several months when you've got a different perspective on things. Um, that's what I did, at least. And uh, yeah, so after Securium, um, there was one week left before they stopped. Uh, uh, for for vacation end of your vacation on Code Arena and I participated on participated on some contests finding some gas and QAs just starting and I actually managed to earn one k in van, in that week so on your first week on my first week it was pretty yeah, nice. exciting and um, yeah at the time I didn't know that I earned one k but I knew that I found some things and. Um, and on the week where there weren't any competition on Code Arena, I read all gas reports. Well, at the time, gas findings, uh, because there were like other bugs. And uh, well, there was the uh, duplicate mechanism for gas findings and unique mechanism and such. It wasn't yet the gas reports. Uh, this happened a little later. And uh, I just read them all. And uh, during that, I also, as I come from a DevOps background and project management background, well, at least my two years before uh, doing that, um, I wrote up some automation tools. I believe I, I'm the first one to have done that on Codarina. Now, there's a lot of people who are doing this. And some judges even sometimes are happy when they feel like there's a, a human report because we are kind of all bots here on QA reports and 
and gas reports and yeah i was the first one so after that uh well first do you have other questions or do i just continue on my journey yeah yeah no i, I want to go back a bit um you you talked about this uh github repo um that you yeah. sent to people you sent that to me as well and uh, yeah I, that was actually my first message to you on discord I, I was asking you how how should i get into this and what learning resources um, i should look into and you sent me that github repo and i went through that and that was uh really, really helpful for myself like i i already knew about uh, securium at the time but uh um, i wasn't sure if i should really like go through the the whole like the whole um all the um resources on there but like when you sent that me link, I was like, oh yeah, okay. So so if you went through it and you found it really useful, then yeah, and found um, you know became quite successful on Code Arena, then uh, yeah, I should uh, do that myself um, as well. So yeah, definitely that was a great resource. Like the only thing I found um, with that uh, going through the uh, securing resources was like it was a bit dry to go through. Like it was. A, pretty <laughs> tough slog to get through that um, yeah. did you find it uh, like how did you manage to work through that material because um, uh, yeah it, it, like sometimes it, it's just like 200 findings right and you're just reading through it it's, it's, it's a bit of a slog like did you um, have any struggles going through uh, the learning resources on security well I'll confess for for those 10 weeks uh, Rajiv uh, who has a very nice voice, was kind of my lullaby. <laughs> you see, I fell asleep so many times to, to his voice. <laughs> uh, because, yeah, you have a full-time job and you are trying to, to do your best. It wasn't always easy. And um, the thing is, um, well, there's this uh, notion of explaining things, or, yeah, telling things in your own words, summarize things that can help you learn. And if you actually look at uh, at least the first few uh, slots of this bootcamp in uh, the YouTube comments, you will see my own comments where there are my timestamps and uh, my effort to kind of summarize what was being said. So passively listening, yeah, kind of hard, even just reading. So. I had to make the effort to reformulate what was being said. Uh, and yeah, you know, when there's a lot of information, yeah, it can be mentally draining. And yeah, it was, I was in best effort mode. How long did Don't it take for you to yeah. get through all that? Yeah, 10 weeks, actually. Uh, 10 weeks. That's supposed to take uh, eight weeks. But uh, there are some parts uh, why it took a little bit longer. Why? Not because there's life, but because there are some things I was just struggling with, like, uh, you know, capture the heater, the first CTF I ever, I've ever done uh, on Web3. So setting up your MetaMask, uh, knowing what's on that, what's happening, and search. And at the time, the... It was just a hard hat, you know, and while it was way uh, better than what was happening before, uh, nowadays we have Foundry, and it's so easy to get started in this space. Uh, it's so well made that 
writing POCs and making things work uh, just feels natural. So, um, yeah, I did struggle a little with setting up the environments and playing around things. Uh, but yeah, 10 weeks, and I believe uh, that I actually went through it pretty fast. Um, so, yeah. Mm, nice, nice. Yeah, I think as people um, slowly work through uh, the securing learning resources and it kind of starts to click, I think there was a moment when I was reading through, like, um, I think it was Audit uh, 101, Audit 201, the, the findings. Um, as I read through those findings and um, I started to see uh, some uh, themes, like uh, some similar findings start to repeat. And then I think that was when things started clicking uh, for me, um, at least. Uh, so yeah, it took a while, like almost to the end of the Securium resources before um, I found it, uh, you know, actually stick into my brain. Yeah, I believe uh, for normal people, <laughs> I guess, uh, like most of us are, uh, that's actually how it happens. In the beginning, everything just seems like data, you know, it feels like you are learning everything by heart and nothing is making that much sense. And it really feels like when you've started to get familiar with the stuff and finding some themes, like you said, that you can start connecting the dots. So, yeah, I also had this in my previous jobs. Uh, you actually start and you can even get productive, but you don't really get what can be uh, said as uh, understanding, an understanding of what you're producing or what you're saying or what you're coding. Uh, connecting the dots, and the dots and having some perspective or even being creative on them, it's, yeah, you've got to already have the information in your mind. So you can't, at least I can't, do everything at once. Mm, yeah. Um, seeing patterns and things, uh, yeah, definitely um, that helps help me a lot um, when going through the securing resources. Like, so I think what I did was um, I just started uh, filing the similar findings together into a folder and then I can review the similar findings together and then, um, yeah, I ended up only like not that many uh, categories of findings um, to like over, I think I had over 400 findings on, on the Securium and yeah, only ended up with like 20 or 30 or so categories. So yeah, like finding those connections um, in different concepts uh, definitely helps uh, to understand something uh, when you're learning something new. Yeah, and uh, you know, you're saying that uh, it's not that much, but the thing is when you're just learning things, it feels overwhelming actually. And uh, right now where we are standing at, uh, a lot of things uh, just feel natural. Like, uh, yeah, lots of the obvious bugs that we are always reporting or always seeing and earning one uh, 0.01 uh, USDC on Code Arena. <laughs> but uh, you need to start there. And uh, at first, I mean, even just the notion of uh, transfer from an address or from an ERC20 or ERC721, at first, you 
you don't seem to be able to wrap your head around what it is. Now it's yes, uh, a second nature, but mm. uh, that's a lot of work. So that's why it takes a lot of time and that's normal. Uh, you need to give in the work. And then when you know that and you see how top performers um, are using this knowledge, you feel like you just barely know the basics, which is true, but that's still a lot. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think it really helps for people who are just starting this, uh, just to see like examples of um, other people finding success, right? Just to help them um, sort of move uh, along that initial, like very, very steep learning curve that um, they have to go through. Uh, because uh, like blockchain security stuff, um, this is pretty new and everyone coming into the space is pretty much starting from zero, right? Um, so yeah, that's why, you know, I, I want to get people on to just talk about their experiences and um, it, it really helps to, to hear from people from different backgrounds um, as well, not just like crazy people with like crazy backgrounds like trust. Yeah, um, yeah we, 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 <laughs> we want to hear from like the normal people as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's it. Um... The thing is, yeah, I'm not a genius or pure beast like uh, like trust, but I still always was among the first uh, among my peers uh, during school and stuff. So I do learn pretty fast. Uh, so that's why when I find things kind of hard to grasp or that there are a lot of information, I know that for people that are just a little less good than me at uh, learning information by heart, uh, it's going to be a very hard field. And uh, yeah, when you talk with the top performers, they are really, really, really good. And the more you learn, actually, the more I'm learning, and the more I'm impressed uh, with those that are um, above me in terms of knowledge and uh, and yeah, that's uh, that's inspiring, but uh, also kind of overwhelming because you start to get some doubts about uh, can you get there? Uh, why can't you find a path to get to where they are? Uh, how are they? How are they using all this knowledge? How do they have all this knowledge? And yeah, <laughs> it's overwhelming, but. Uh, yeah, I do believe that with time, and we've seen it, uh, be it thanks to your videos, for people getting some uh, some insight about what others are doing, be it geniuses or more normal people or talented people, um, or Securium, which yeah, I was there during uh, the first um, epoch, how, in how they say it. And before that, there wasn't even a structured effort to teach uh, web free security. So, yeah, we are kind of early. Uh, and that's nice to know because uh, a lot of people, even newcomers like Trust, is pretty much a newcomer, can make a big name for themselves. Uh, they can still do that. It's way harder in Web2. So, definitely come in and uh, get some FOMO. <laughs> Yeah, I can definitely relate. Like Web2 bounties are 
it's a lot more mature and it's way harder to sort of make a name for yourself um, in Web2. And uh, yeah, I'm also surprised how many people literally like started from zero in 2022 and then within like six months or a year. And some people didn't even have a technical background. Like you, you started in DevOps. Um, at least, you know, you had a technical background. Like there were some people I've heard, um, yet, you know, no technical background come into the space and six months later, they're like, uh, you know, pulling bank um, on Code Arena. Uh, I, I, guess, I guess it shows um, how we are very early um, because, uh, yeah, if, if, as the space matures, I think, um, yeah, the rewards might go down a bit for like, you won't get to see that like initial huge like jump in um, progress and that um, those rewards won't be as good. And like already I, I feel like this year um, on Code Arena, the rewards won't be as good as it was last year. And uh, yeah, people coming in will probably have to um, go through Code Arena and, and just treat it like a, like a learning opportunity there instead of trying to like make a lot of money like very quickly because that's probably not going to work um, anymore in 2023. Yeah, actually, if you look at the all-time leaderboard, most of the top performers actually quit the platform. Um, I talked about, uh, about it with, uh, with Sock actually, uh, which is one of uh, the co-founders of Code Arena. And he said that this was keeping him uh, up at night, you see. But uh, yeah, he did feel thankful to have worked uh, with those top performers and uh, he wishes them all the best. But yeah, things are changing and have already changed. They are changing pretty fast uh, still, in fact. And um, yeah, definitely harder for newcomers to, uh, to make it big. Uh, unless you've got some particular way of working in your brain uh, that can still be the case. Like there's this guy, I don't know where he came from, but you know, Sosh or Sush, he earned, he earned uh, 70k in one contest. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> so it can still happen on some niche contest where you've got some skills. Uh, definitely harder because now if you're learning something, uh, it feels like everyone knows it, but at least it's an amazing learning opportunity because you get to read some very nice reports and Code Arena kind of became a better platform now that it doesn't depend as much on just the top performers. Uh, finding 15 people uh, but having a duplicate on a high is quite amazing. So, yeah, the shape of Code Arena changed, but in a good way, I believe. Um, well, with its time, the change is good. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Cool fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> what you can do with Code Arena and uh, what it should be treated at is a learning opportunity. Um, Actually, how I was doing things uh, started to not work so much anymore. And then uh, I started participating a lot less in contests, uh, contests by the end of the year. Um, but I was still treating it as uh, a learning opportunity to know uh, to, uh, to break through some plateau, which we'll talk about later. Um, and 
for newcomers, actually using Code Arena, well, you can make it big if you if you are lucky enough. Um, but it's also a nice way to showcase your skills and to get hired in a firm, uh, which can be very good too, even in this bear market, because there are amazing people in firms uh, who feel like they are progressing more uh, by being in a firm than, than being independent. It's an individual thing. And you get to have some mentors and yeah, get a job, which would pay quite nicely still. And uh, so yeah, treat Code Arena as a learning opportunity and as an opportunity to showcase your skills as uh, you can pretty much just subscribe and start finding bugs. Yeah, uh, I 100% agree with that. Uh, like auditing firms and just um, Web3 uh, firms in general, they are really valuing that Code Arena leaderboard. Uh, like I, I put that on my CV and then, yeah, I got a pretty good response rate from uh, most of the firms that I applied to. And you are like top 20 or something on the leaderboard at the moment, I think. And uh, yeah, you're putting that on your CV. <laughs> yeah, de definitely. I, I can I can see how that's going to help you um, get a job if you choose to um, get a job at an auditing firm. Yeah, yeah. See, you... You get to showcase uh, your skills and you get to earn some reputations and uh, even inside Code Arena, uh, I'm pretty much Code Arena staff now for time with uh, the scouting of projects. Um, yeah, definitely it's public, it's out there and uh, and it can be good. So treat it like it's your your image, like it's your own free ads, your own marketing platform. I don't know. Something mm. like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty good to to get your name out there if you're pretty high on the leaderboard. Uh, yeah, and I I also feel the same. the The learning opportunity on Code Arena is getting better in a way because the reports are just so much higher quality. Like I, I'm not sure if you noticed, but. Um, I was just reading some of the previous, like like the recent reports, right? And then I go back and read some of the reports from oh, yeah. 2021. Oh, yeah, yeah <laughs> like it's that's, a that's huge a, jump in quality, right? There's a huge gap in quality. <laughs> uh, and you actually, and even more recently when they've just applied the policy of the mandatory POC for high severity bugs, which... I even started to uh, submit uh, with POCs um, because at some point uh, Code Arena was that low effort, uh, well, could have been that low effort platform when you say, hey, there's this bug at this line and yeah, I just understand it. There are reports actually like that and I really hated it. <laughs> it was so hard to understand. but. If you read the recent reports, uh, you actually get to even play around with the high severity bugs and even some medium ones and, and yeah, debug stuff and play around and that's a lot better to learn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, just, just going back a bit, uh, you mentioned, so you previously you were doing like Web 2 bounties and then somehow found, found your way to Web 3 because of Immunify. 
And yeah. you mentioned that as you started looking more and more into Web3, uh, you really loved um, this, uh, this space. Uh, you know, like what uh, particular you know, thing attracted you to uh, Web3 security? Uh, danger. <laughs> you know, um, it's quite a sensitive space. And uh, when I even met uh, several months later in real life, some people like Trustex, which I think we'll talk about a little later, um, that made things even more real. Um, when you're starting, well, often when you're learning a technology uh, and new things, it feels like a game uh, where you're succeeding uh, in coding, in uh, knowing some things and uh, there are even gamified platforms well CTFs are sort of games and there was this well, still this um, zombie thing didn't do it uh, yeah crypto zombies crypto zombie yeah <laughs> haven't gone through that didn't feel the need with Securium and stuff um, but yeah it's often gamified but it's actually playing with people's money and a lot of it at that and uh, yeah, um, when you're finding gas and such, what I did for a while because yeah, it was lucrative and uh, yeah, it was good for my ego to actually have uh, some success. So I did spend quite a bit of time doing it. Um, the most important thing in that space is actually protecting people's funds because you know, even where, when you're losing life, dollars somewhere you might feel bad about it so imagine losing your life savings or getting rugged or such and such and uh, so yeah I, I was thinking like it seems sensitive enough to to try it and if i have some talent in it uh it could be a good addition and maybe save some people and uh, at Trustix, actually, as I talked uh, with someone who's been auditing for a while, uh, I, he I heard some horror stories. Uh, people are getting killed, you know. <laughs> uh, people are getting killed. People are committing suicide. Uh, and there's this yeah, horrible repo called physical Bitcoin attack, which, with, um, which lists actually all the known physical attack you know about the five dollars uh, wench attack so uh, uh, I, I, even in france you know in paris there's a famous youtuber uh, called hasher um, i believe it was him or it was someone else but i believe it was hasher uh, well someone knocked on his door and pointed the gun at his head no uh, so so a lot of things are happening uh well people are are making big you're earning a lot of money but you've got to protect yourself that's also why i uh, i went a little bit anonymous about that and i'm not sharing too much of my face well maybe in france it would uh, happen more and even more in uh, in poorer countries like in africa and such i definitely encourage people to protect themselves and not really reveal how much we are earning but um, yeah there's this opportunity to learn to earn a lot of money and the opportunity to protect people uh, and 
it just felt important and it was really fun so all of that all together i i just loved it nice nice um, i think <laughs> yeah that's yeah, my, my, that might be a little bit darker that you might have expected as an answer but uh, yeah that's actually people's money and that can have a very deep impact yeah, <laughs> damn, I, I hope someone don't knock on my door. <laughs> yeah, you know, I hope so too. <laughs> but uh, just in case, uh, buy a camera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, sorry for making people, uh, for, for getting, making you scared. But yeah, definitely scared yeah, well, of well, that. <laughs> Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of money slushing around in Web three and and uh, Web three security. So yeah, um, uh, definitely uh, it's probably prudent to sort of like uh, protect your identity a bit. Uh, but it's yeah. kind of too late for me now, though. Kinda, but uh, yeah, it's nice to have people. Yeah, I mean, in Australia, I believe that um, what people are earning. Uh, is, I mean, in more traditional jobs, is can actually be on par with uh, with some web free jobs. So it might not feel as dangerous, uh, just like uh, in the US, I believe. But in Europe, um, yeah, salaries are like uh, 50k, uh, and you'd be lucky to have that and sometimes 60k and that's definitely like four times less than what you'd earn in uh, in web3 so well, well, i'm saying that but even for 10k people are getting attacked but <laughs> yeah definitely protect yourself mm. yeah i i, I guess i guess web3 like we are all um 100% remote and then uh, yeah, very, uh, very global in a way. So everyone gets paid in US terms. So if you're living somewhere that's not the US and you translate that into your local currency, it, it can be like quite a big jump um, from uh, whatever normal job you're working at at your country. Um, so in Australia, we are a bit uh, lower than the US rates. So when I actually uh, moved to the um, the auditing firm, uh, yeah, my salary got a pretty big bump up. Um, so uh, yeah, that, that's that's obviously uh, great um, in terms of getting paid in USD and translating it into your uh, local currency. Yeah, well, uh, I actually lose money when I uh, translate it because euro is still stronger. Well, at some point it wasn't, but uh, if you look at pure USDC, yes. Um, but you know something I loved, and uh, I believe I read that in uh, How to Defy Beginner at the end of it. Um, there are some countries uh, who get some very big yearly inflation, uh, like I believe uh, Argentina. And some people that are getting paid in USDC, uh, that's actually making things fairer for, for them as... They can just cash out what they need to live and their money wouldn't lose like half of its value every year uh, or even more. So, yeah, for some countries like this, uh, it's, yeah, it's just incredible how fair, you know, well, the blockchain and all this technology is making things. Mm, yeah, yeah, 100%. Like, like people in 
Web3, we, we, we always like shit on USD for, for being, you know, fiat, but it's still like the, the reserve currency is still more stable than like some of the other currencies um, people yeah. may be using in their home country. Yep, definitely. So, uh, yeah, there are a lot of things in this space that are very nice. Yeah, I mentioned how to defy for beginner, uh, be it this book or the how to defy advanced. I definitely recommend them. Uh, I actually read them quite late in my journey. Uh, it was in the summer, uh, around August. And there are lots of things I didn't understand before because, yeah, I can transition, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's not a secret, I believe, but I've been, I've been auditing most of my uh, in most of my Podarina journey, like a savage. Uh, those aren't my words, it's uh, Joran Honig's words. Uh, there are videos on the uh, Y Academy uh, YouTube channel. Actually, these videos are from where I was uh, in the fourth cohort, so these are the Block Force uh, videos. Definitely encourage people to watch them. And yeah, he said that some people uh, actually dive straight into the code first and that's exactly what I did on Code Arena for months for a very long time and it worked it worked because I wasn't missing the bugs that would just happen across projects you see and um, the thing is you aren't missing the things that everyone can find on all projects, but you are not diving deep in a project. You are not understanding what's happening. And definitely, I spent some, some time struggling about the DeFi space. I don't know if you went through that like after your initial um, web free security learning journey, but it's another beast altogether all what's happening in this space, even just the concept of lending and borrowing, uh, <laughs> it can be hard to wrap your head around that. And that actually happened to me quite late. Uh, well, that's at some point where I started to read books. Any questions? <laughs> Yeah, so, so I guess um, you mentioned a few learning resources, uh, Y Academy, um, Securium, and TrustX. Uh, so you, you mentioned TrustX to me uh, like a few days ago, and then I, I had a look, and uh, was that the one where uh, the Coderina people with like Liam East with C. Michelle, and uh, they were like dressed in ridiculous costumes doing like, <laughs> like an order contest on stage? Was it that one? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you know what? If you look at it uh, uh, like uh, concentrated enough, at some point uh, they are telling someone to get up, uh, someone who was sitting actually, and uh, with uh, socks uh, hand gesture, uh, it was towards me. In fact, I thought he was telling me to get on stage. So you can hear, no, 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 Dravi, no. Um, so yeah, that's exactly it. And I do recommend to watch the videos as they are on YouTube. Uh, just um, go on Securum's website and you'll see all the conferences that happened and watch those that are of interest to you. 
Yeah. So, so you must have met like all the uh, top level auditors at uh, TrustX when you were there live, right? Yeah, I was mind blown. In fact, the thing is, well, everybody might not know about that, but the day before TrustX, TrustX was over two days, but the day before, uh, there was an event called High Severity Dinner, um, where everyone who found uh, a high severity vulnerability was invited to a very fancy dinner in Amsterdam, in fact. And that's actually when I met everyone. I was lucky enough to have found my first high by then. Uh, so I was invited. And uh, yeah, it was quite amazing because uh, at the table there was, yeah, Listwood, St. Michel, Gerard, uh, Persoon, maybe it's how you say it. Uh, it's not Gerard, that's Gerard. <laughs> he insisted on that. And uh, a lot of the Codarina stuff. And yeah, it was a little overwhelming because all those people, uh, especially when you've just started like three, four months ago, they were legends, you know, even millionaires. <laughs> so yeah, definitely impressed. And the days after, yeah, I really feel like I met with every top performers, even the people from Spirit, you know. There was even yeah, uh, I... a, a, a party on a boat, they called Spearboat. Uh, there were there were two boats actually, and that was organized by Spearbit at night. And yeah, I was on one of these boats. Oh, nice! So, yeah, definitely uh, an excellent experience, making everything more real, meeting people, and honestly, in this space, they are all very welcoming. And uh, yeah, you'd be amazed at how. Yeah, just at how nice people are, you know. Um, for someone like me, I'm sometimes I can get quite competitive and uh, and salty when I lose or things like that. I, at some point, I I tried competitive gaming, and when I was losing, <laughs> it just wasn't worth it. <laughs> getting too salty, and uh, yeah, they were just. Really amazing people, uh, early people that were in this space for some of them for quite a while. Very welcoming, giving advices, and uh, yeah, yeah. I think you can tell that uh, it was one of my uh, turning points for uh, really wanting to invest myself even more fully in this space. Yeah, you you got in really early. Like at that time, that was I think early. 2022 i think it was in april actually yeah and i yeah. got my invite in march nice yeah like at that time there were only like a handful of people in this like i think less than 50 um yeah like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, high skilled people in this space it's, it's crazy like now we've got um you know like now code arena leaderboard is i think we've probably got like one to two thousand people um that's like at a decent level in this right but in 2022, there was literally like just a handful of people doing this. So, yeah, that's yeah. crazy how early you got in. Yeah, you'd be amazed. But, yeah, in the beginning, when uh, you were auditing, there were actually like 15 to 20 people on a contest. Um, nowadays, you've got 10 times as much, like 150 and 200 or 200 people in, in a contest. And, uh, yeah, so that might have 
yeah, that definitely gave me quite a good uh, um, starting point, uh, a good head start, I meant. Uh, because on my first month, you shared actually in one of the videos that, yeah, I had just started and I earned like 4k in my first month. Actually, like several days later, uh, some contests ended being judged and that first month, well, not that first week where, where, where I earned 1k, but that first month, I actually earned 15 Wow, and nice. uh, yeah, and on this second month, I earned 27k. Um, at those times, those numbers by doing well, by fishing wide, actually, uh, I was just at the time, as I yeah, I was pretty much starting, I was just saying what everyone knows nowadays, but I was the only one doing that. Um, at least at that level, I was spending like yeah, 15, 16 hours on gas reports, uh, not reports, but gas findings and the QAs and searching things around. Um, uh, but on gas alone, on each contest, yeah, it's, it was almost two days. So it was a very big focus. So uh, no wonder I, I got first at some point and became a second nature. I reinvested a lot in it. Um, but that wouldn't happen anymore with gas, QA, and the mediums or highs that everyone knows about. Mm, yeah, that's pretty incredible progress. Um, surely you, you must have had a huge boost in confidence, like in the first couple of months uh, where you got those, yeah, you know, some incredible results on Code Arena. Yeah, exactly. You know what happened? Uh, well, everything wasn't judged, but on the first week of March, I quit my job because those two months of Code Arena, I was actually doing things part-time. I could say part-time, but I was actually giving it a lot of hours and sleeping, yeah, really little and got a little fat <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, we've got limited time, we are human, but it was really important and uh, I was giving it my best. Um, but yeah, I was getting tired because I was, what, five months in with the bootcamp and, uh, yeah, reading reports, making my own tools, my own automations, as uh, you might know, I was one of the first. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just told them that I got an amazing opportunity and that I needed to quit, like, very fast. In France, um, there's a three months delay before you can quit a job when you're an engineer. Uh, but I really insisted to like live in a week. And they accepted, they were extremely nice hmm. about that. So yeah, after that, I, yeah, I was a full-time warden on Code Arena. There was nice. even a week where there were four contests and, and I did all gas reports them and uh, yeah i believe i earned an average of 4k on each contest in the span of just a week yeah it's <laughs> yeah i i didn't want to miss that i wanted yeah. to be part of it i was seeing some success and i knew it was the time to to take the leap and uh, leave behind leave behind my old life 
Yeah, so, so you were doing the learning resources um, while you were working a full-time job and then once you hit that early success on Code Arena, you're just like, yep, this is what I want to do. Um, you quit your job like within a week and then you just went full, full <laughs> well, into well, Web3. Well, uh, also when in two months you're getting like almost your yearly salary, yeah, you can just say that, yeah, I can stop working for 10 months and just learn and I will get better. I have the confidence and I'm learning fast and and so yeah just do it um you are mentioning learning resources and uh till now i just mentioned securium because uh well, not just securium but actually the repo from taylor OX uh, taylor because even on, on there um he does uh well not him specifically but it was in the curriculum um he actually does tell you uh what chapters, as an example, of the book Mastering Ethereum to read on on, um, on each week. And so uh, you get to really do things in a structured, in a structured way. And uh, there's even that point where you're trying your hands at CTFs, uh, the basics, uh, Capture the Eater, Eternot, and Damn Vulnerable DeFi. And... Um, that's also why I'm so. I'm sharing this uh, repo so much because if you don't just go through the Securium videos, but actually spending the time to read the reports they are suggesting and reading the books, well, the relevant chapters from where you're at, doing the CTFs and such, you can actually get pretty far. Um, well, actually, a good foundation. And. Uh, yeah, those learning resources to start and to have the nice foundation to what the first stage, <laughs> the one I applied for months, is to actually not miss the bugs you are not supposed to miss. Um, the things that are independent from the protocol project itself. Well, you don't when you don't really need to deeply understand what could go wrong. Uh, by using your creativity on such and such parameters on such function and if the state uh, is in, is like this you've got this edge case and uh, yeah uh, before reaching that stage of creativity uh, you've got to not miss uh, the things you are not supposed to miss the ones that are actually laid out in CTFs so yeah definitely start with the foundations yeah, so uh, you mentioned like just being very thorough when you look through the code. Is that how you recommend new people um, who are new to Code Arena uh, approach things like go through the low-hanging fruit sort of issues and learn them very well and just, just go through things very thoroughly and um, understand everything at um, a base level first and then you can sort of build up your, your skills from there. Well, at least that's how I can, I could do things, and I believe that's how you uh, could do things because because you've got to be familiar with the the bad practices, bad patterns, and stuff. Um, some people like uh, you've uh, interviewed before uh, can actually go pretty deep on a subject, and it feels like they're connecting the dots as uh, they are going, reading the documentations and uh, yeah, everything's starting to make sense. 
um, still working hard for hard for uh, those talented people, way more talented people, uh, geniuses that are working hard. They are, yeah, we need them in that space. Uh, it's not reasonable to expect that everyone will be like that, but what? Yes, I can uh, encourage people that sometimes struggle to learn things to do is, yes, you shouldn't miss the low-hanging fruits. And uh, actually now we can get pretty easy uh, at the time to actually find the low-hanging fruits. Um, well, I'm quite strong at uh, regexes. And what I did, uh, something that some people might not know, is that you can clone the CodeArena repo and there's this CSV file called findings.csv. Um, the data of CodeArena, as it's uh, on, well, it's made up uh, on Gatsby and it's hosted on Netlify, so it's a static website. Um, all data is on the repo. Uh, in this CSV file, and actually with the right regex, you can find the the bugs that have the most uh, occurrences. Uh, well, I'll let you guess how to make <laughs> this regex, but this is how I did it, and I actually made a, a list of the most found uh, most found uh, highs and mediums, uh, even in 2021, and those were the ones as they were happening across contests, uh, the most uh, most often having the same title and such. Um, but not only those that are the most duplicated on a contest, even even then, uh, uh, I remember that at some point, that's Gerard who said it, there were like five on a contest early 2021. <laughs> you can expect uh, a very high payout from that, and those people were already very good. Um, but yeah, definitely look for duplicates, uh, because you want to be able to be one of the people, of the auditors, finding it. You can't be the one missing what everyone is finding. Um, you you mentioned uh, going deep or looking at the low-hanging fruits. Um, actually, at first, uh, going deep can be overwhelming. So you've got to recognize the patterns, uh, learn, learn the bugs, and learn to detect them, uh, those, those bugs. And um, yeah, what I was doing in the beginning was actually just yeah that was my automation because uh, you know finding a delegate call somewhere and seeing what's happening there and looking at a, at a payable function or at dot transfer that's not transfer such uh, what's happening there what could happen um that's a helper but in the beginning it can be overwhelming to go line by line really go line by line so try to look at where things are usually wrong. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, you mentioned like going deep uh, was very overwhelming. I definitely felt the same when I first started. 
um, reading like the reports. I, I'm pretty sure I mentioned it in one of my previous videos as well. Um, I, I jumped straight in and then I started uh, looking at the high severity findings and then I just randomly picked like a report that had like an insanely complicated finding and I was just trying to push myself through that and trying to understand it and then I got completely burnt out. I was like even questioning whether um, I would even be able to do this, um, <laughs> you know. So uh, yeah, I think for... I can read it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for, for early people who, who are just coming on... Um, it's probably a good approach to start with uh, either the gas optimizations or the QI reports, just to at least, at least get some valid findings and get yourself on the leaderboard first, right? Just to build a bit of a confidence. Um, that's probably like, like that's how I did it, and it seems like that's how you did it uh, as well. Yeah, you need to go. Well, uh, at least when you are someone normal, uh, you need to. To have some little victories, you know, that's a little bit how uh, the reward system works in your brain, that uh, dopamine rush when you're succeeding. Uh, you've got to have some some small wins, uh, progressive wins. If you're trying to, yeah, start and just, just make it big, you will actually get discouraged. Uh, and... Uh, yeah, that's not good. Actually, action, when you're taking action on small incremental steps, you really get uh, that boost to go further. And there might be some setbacks. I did get a lot of setbacks and, uh, and plateau too, um, which can feel really depressing and begin doubting yourself. But uh, you need the small wins and... Uh, yeah, ju ju just look at what you can understand or what you should be understanding and isn't out of your reach. Don't try to show too much at the same time and you'll get there. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, it's that pressure you put on yourself, right? Like I, In the beginning, I was like trying to like do too much um, too quickly and um, I guess like slowing down and just celebrating those small wins, uh, like you said, and it can be sort of just very small, like you can, oh, I can find one low-hanging fruit medium severity finding, and then you've got that one point on the leaderboard, right? So you, you can celebrate that and then just slowly progress from there. Uh, it's really like um, giving yourself a reasonable time frame to sort of work through um, this uh, learning curve, um, I guess. Uh, and there's also another thing, like... Um, I don't know if you've heard about this, like the flow state. So you you tackle things at a difficulty level where it's not too difficult that you feel overwhelmed and not too simple that you feel like it's uh, like, like you're bored. So it, like that perfect level where you feel challenged and it's fun. And then that's actually at the level where um, you would do your best and you would uh, progress your skills essentially. Yeah, interesting that you are mentioning that because, uh, yeah, as you can see on the leaderboard and such, I did do gas optimizations for quite a while. And yeah, we can't say that automation did everything because they were finding like, you know, the plus plus y and such. <laughs> um, but there were helpers and uh, the things like external calls that could be cached, the storage readings, those operations and uh, some refactors. Um, these were 
taking a lot of time, but I got bored, very bored at some point. The thing is, what kept me going for, for a while, that, that was the lack of competition. Um, but when several talented wardens came, and I even began to to coach someone, kind of proud of him, uh, he even earned the first place in gas optimization in a contest, a newcomer that I, that I kind of... Uh, with me from uh, bugbountyhunter.com um, at some point yeah financially it wasn't interesting anymore and I was getting bored to tears at some point uh, and I did feel like it was draining me uh, mentally uh, because those 10 hours those days this time I was not spending understanding the project and diving deep and researching, going line by line, uh, and I was doing gas optimization instead. Yeah, it was too tiring. So, yeah, at some point, I kind of stopped competing in gas optimization. And at another point, I stopped competing altogether. Right. Uh, did you... Uh, so you still have those optimization, like, scripts. Um, you could potentially still run them, right? And then just, like, submit... Like oh, I do it. Uh, I do it from from time to time. You know, recently there was a versus contest. Uh, those contests where they take like the top five from the leaderboard who are um, claiming their spot in the audit on Code Arena, and uh, I actually ran my script. Um, and uh, the thing is, it still took me like uh, it was a two-day contest, but it still took me like like ten hours to. To make the report because nowadays you've got to show the diffs and uh, and tell how many gas, how much gas is being saved and such. Well, for for the little story, uh, <laughs> I wondered if I bothered for uh, for nothing because I was the only one among the five who actually submitted mm. a gas report, so I <laughs> will have the world cash prize anyway. But uh, at least. Uh, I could tell myself that, yeah, this contest had one um, gas report, and it's it would be like almost the best one they could get, uh, quite some value. So yeah, definitely didn't yeah. steal anything here. Um, I have my script, and they can even help me sometimes find highs, mediums, QAs. There are thousands of rules there. Um, Fact is, it's pretty similar to to the tools that Codarina is running, has been running recently on contest, and they have been saying that this and that are out of scope. Um, but mine is, yeah, I spent a lot more hours, and there are a lot, a lot, a lot more false positives. But I find it easier to filter false positives than to actually find good, good. Uh, <laughs> good bugs you know so yeah i still use it uh like on audits with spearbit as an example or on private audits because it does give quite a bit of value and i know that i won't miss um some some gas optimizations uh because you might forget some but uh, but my automation is like a glorified semi-automated semi-automated checklist so, mm. yeah, with pattern matching. 
Actually, funny thing is that uh, at my previous job, uh, I wrote that in PowerShell. It was quite small uh, because yeah, I just had a Windows uh, computer. Then I switched to Mac, and uh, yeah, I'm running PowerShell on Mac. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that to me before. You you have like <laughs> a lot of scripts that you have in PowerShell that you run on Mac, which is a pretty pretty interesting combo. Yeah, yeah, I would have really, really, ah, sorry, can say uh, written them again uh, in another language, like a little bit interested in Go, GoLang, but uh, yeah, there wouldn't be any value in doing it. It's working, so I know there's in Web2 that, uh, that top uh, performer, uh, today is new, I uh, don't know if you heard about him, he's like on every program. He's got a lot of automations and stuff, and he's using a very old language, like uh, VB6, something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah, just working. Web... Yeah. yeah, Web2 has a lot of automation stuff. Um, I guess your background in that um, sort of carried over um, as well. Yeah, that and DevOps too. I guess I understood the the potential uh, and the importance of process and, uh, and automation. And also with the project management, I guess, uh, I understood the importance of writing some clear reports. Well, I also spent several years as a JavaScript uh, developer, uh, even did some React Native and uh, Ionic, those um, uh, hybrid um, frameworks for mobile and uh, yeah definitely was familiar with coding automation reports then a little bit of coaching and yeah it must have carried over yeah um, your your gas reports uh, are definitely very high quality um, i think you're still ranked one um, on code arena at the moment uh, for gas optimization which is pretty impressive since you haven't been actively competing on there for a while now yeah um i had a pretty good uh, head start as i said i was the, the first to do that and uh yeah was even pretty proud of myself because there was this one million contest from OpenSea, and i actually earned first place in terms of gas optimizations so the gas reports on the one million OpenSea contest is mine Pretty proud of that. Uh, and um, yeah, actually, sometimes, uh, at some point, I, I just did, I just ran my automations. Not really proud of that. I wasn't earning first either, but was spending like one hour per contest running my automation. Not earning first place, but I was still kind of there, uh, earning enough for a Big Mac. At McDonald's, <laughs> mm. but uh, yeah, I stopped doing that because uh, yeah, I believed it wasn't good for my image. And uh, nowadays, when I do guest reports, I really try to do my best and high quality ones because yeah, it's not about the money; it's about the knowledge and reputation plays a big, big part in this industry. Yeah, how much did you earn for the OpenSea uh, guest report? I believe it was between three to four k for a gas report. Mm. That's yeah, quite nice. high. 
Yeah, that that open sea contest was a crazy a one million um, reward yep. pot. Yeah, it was a very good one. Uh, so you you essentially um, you got bored of like running your automation and didn't really feel any progress. Um, so then you started looking into like um, digging deeper into code and then um, joining Y Academy and a spare bit. Um, then was it at that point where you you joined um you did an epoch at uh, y academy and then um, after you joined spare but was that when you started feeling like you were making progress again yeah uh let me go back in time a little um what i was realizing is that uh what you're in the when you're in a team actually it really opens your mind uh creativity is easier because you're bouncing ideas uh, off of each other teaching each other, challenging each other. And um, yeah, it really opens your mind and, uh, and makes you ask more questions that you might have asked by yourself. Um, I did spend a little bit of time after Trustix uh, auditing as a team on Code Arena. Uh, on over two months, we made like 21K. Uh, we were four. We are still learning from each other and talking to each other every day. Um, definitely saw some value um, being in a team. Um, but then we kind of stopped because it wasn't, uh, the return on investment wasn't that good. Even if we were finding highs and, and such, the competition was already starting to be not so worth it um, um, financially. But then uh, everyone went to their own private stuff and uh, and yeah the thing is when we stopped auditing as a team I was still part-time auditing uh, by myself it was around August I really felt like there was a big wall uh, there's a lot of things I wasn't understanding and it felt like unacceptable um, I mentioned DeFi uh, I was struggling to understand or even explain uh, what was happening in this space. I was auditing like a savage, <laughs> as I said. Um, didn't really realize it because, you know, with CTFs and technical stuff and technical bugs, you just feel like you read the code and, oh, there's this bug here, oh, reentrancy, I know how to find reentrances and stuff. But the process was wrong. Uh, the focus wasn't as it should have been and the understanding definitely wasn't at the level it should have been. I had my talents. I could find a lot of bugs, uh, the low-hanging fruits or the medium-hanging fruits, but getting really creative or having some insights on, uh, on knowledge, um, I didn't feel like I was there yet. So I stopped competing on Code Arena because I felt like I needed to, I needed to bootcamp myself again. Um, and I started going back to going back or going for the first time for several things uh, through the fundamentals. Like there are several YouTube channels like Findmatics, Smart Contract Programmer, Open Zeppelin Secure Development Series, uh, and there were the books like uh, How to Defy Beginner, How to Defy Advanced, and I really tried to understand the classic protocols. That's actually something that Semichel um, encouraged in the beginning, but but yeah, I kind of avoided that because 
the re return on investment was too big on just the technical stuff. Um, wasn't the case anymore when I when I stopped. And uh, yeah, I really felt like yeah, I needed more information uh, to transform it into knowledge. So I started learning a lot. I started reading a lot more reports on Code Arena, uh, asking a lot of questions. I'm lucky enough that one of the auditors uh, in the team um, is uh, has been auditing for five years. It's the guy that found some people getting killed and such. <laughs> yeah, a long time auditor in the space. Uh, yeah, definitely impressive. Uh, the the kind of stories he has. Um, and uh, yeah, I still felt uh, while trying to digest these resources that I wasn't able to weaponize that knowledge. Um, in fact, it felt like I was learning fast and I was getting familiar with things. I was understanding things, but how to apply those to auditing, you know, like yeah, how do you transition that knowledge? How do you use them? Because I didn't feel like if you put it, put me on an audit uh, again, uh, well, I'd know more about stuff. I could understand the protocol more, but I still go back to my old ways of finding the technical bugs and the bad patterns as such, um, which is nice. Uh, and I believe that's what makes you transition from a junior to to the level of, to the level above, but but yeah, something was missing, and I did try to reach out to a lot of people asking, and I don't feel like all people, at least uh, those for those that came naturally, can really explain how they are continued progressing, uh, and I actually believe people that have have it easy. Um, are not the best teachers, you know, it's like the genetically gifted uh, uh, in weightlifting, the bodybuilders and such, uh, they are not the best coaches, you actually want someone who can take some, someone who is struggling and help him break through the plateau. Um, during that time, I did get uh, an audit uh, with Spearbit, the one with OpenSea, and I learned a lot. Uh, it was quite nice because, yeah, you you get impressed by how the lead security researchers are doing things. I got to see their process, how they put some to-dos at uh, some places uh, that felt vulnerable, and uh, how they could get things right, even like this. Uh, you get to see their approach and it was inspiring and I learned a lot, but I still felt like something was missing. And then Y Academy happened. And I do believe Y Academy was a turning point. Um, and actually, uh, what was the turning point is mostly, or mostly the videos that are public on the Y Academy channels, uh, because there were several, well, famous people like Tincho, Gerard, Joran uh, Hönig, and such uh, that were giving their speeches. And um, 
And yeah, some some of the things that they said kinda Yeah, I could relate to that and they resonated and I understood that I wasn't I really wasn't approaching things like I should do you have any questions? Already because no, I no, um, okay, yeah, yeah, go, go continue. Uh, yeah, I want to hear about um, the Y Academy stuff, um, because um, I actually recently um, found those videos as well, I found them super helpful, and it sounds super like helpful. you you did as well. Uh, like, they only recently released them, so I only, I only watched them like last month, so you, you watched them last year, so that's that's pretty cool, yeah. And uh, what happened, um yeah, I already watched uh, watched uh, in the past several videos from Teen Show and stuff. Uh, several people saying how they were auditing, like uh, you know, some citizen. Uh, he finds the things and then tries to find a tainted path to the source, going backwards that way. And yeah, that works quite well for him. It wasn't working for me, <laughs> not that well, at least. Um, but yeah, there was this video uh, where they were telling how several famous auditors, well, good auditors at least, were auditing, and uh, and yeah, there there was this think first approach. There were three approaches: the think first, and then you try to find your way to the source, which is quite often the user input or an odd state, and um, then there were two other ones. There was breadth first search and depth first search. With my background as a developer, well, I love seeing BFS and BFS again. Um, but yeah, there are some people that actually uh, take the code uh, and uh, they dive deep first. When there's a function call, they go into the internal function and try to understand everything and build some mental maps, but detailed mental maps as they go. And uh, yeah, they write down some questions as they are going. And some others that go wide first, meaning that they make assumptions. And yeah, that's pretty much what I was doing, but not exactly, because between that video and another one when Tincho that's stupid because he just said three words uh, but he said line by line fact is there, there are some obvious bugs that you shouldn't miss but sometimes get get caught really late in the audit processes even could be missed by famous firms but line by line and between that and uh, the breakfast search and something I was applying at my previous job, you know the concept of brainstorming, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we created a concept called Q-storming. And it came from the fact that when you're giving answers, you're actually closing your minds and making assumptions. And yeah, you're pretty much closing your minds. But, but when you're asking questions, you're opening it. So we were having, as a team, these sessions where we were forbidden from giving answers on, hey, let's do that, or if we do that, that could happen. We only had the right to, to write questions. And the thing is, questions really do open your mind. And that's where all that 
clicked. Uh, when, even when you're reading a report, you should apply this concept of opening your mind with questions and go line by line. Uh, and what felt like I didn't catch uh, why it should have been obvious is you shouldn't focus on the answers. You shouldn't focus on on the bugs or on the findings, at least for me. You shouldn't do that. You should focus on the questions. And the question is not written on audit reports. When you're taking something complicated and you're debugging and playing around with, you're actually going back to the question. And that's not something that's written in audit reports. So really, it changed my way of reading reports and auditing. You need to find the questions. Uh, when there's a bug, you don't say, oh, okay, there's this bug. When you're reading a line of code, oh, okay, it's doing that. Oh, okay, it's doing that. You actually need to challenge by asking questions. And the more creative you get and the deeper you can get between answering your own questions by researching similar code bases or others and then asking other questions and down the rabbit hole uh, you go. And and I started applying this concept everywhere. And really, when you are reading uh, an audit report, and instead of just saying, oh, OK, this bug can happen, you actually go back to the question that the auditor could have asked uh, himself or herself. You can actually weaponize that knowledge. And when you see something similar on another code base, you get to ask that question and find another path, not just that you've learned about a bug and how to find it on such project. I definitely think like asking a lot of questions uh, during the audit is a great way to just open your mind and dig a bit deeper into code. And I participated in a block on uh, Securium and also uh, an audit on Sparebit. And both of those audits, there were a lot of questions asked by people um, during the audit. Um, actually, um, Rajiv participated in both of them, so I guess um, that's why. Uh, yeah, like just either disproving or proving what is being asked just um, sort of forces you to dig a bit deeper into the code, and it kind of relates to uh, what Trust said in my previous video, where if you like, the more you understand the code base, um, the the issues that are more interesting and a bit uh, harder to find or start to um, be more clear to you the deeper your understanding is. So yeah, I think that um, your Q-storming uh, is a very interesting concept um, that you mentioned. Yeah, definitely. And um, actually trust also, yeah, there are several proverbs <laughs> that comes uh, naturally from those things. But uh, I, I feel like he's a definition of uh, slow is move and smooth is fast. Because it feels like what he did uh, is not trying to do everything at once and uh, yeah, accumulating a lot of data and uh, connecting the dots and uh, getting creative with them. He actually even started by reading the documentations back and forth, going into details and uh, building his foundations that way. I'm not sure I could have done that. Um, because that would have been too many details at once. Uh, but he's definitely experienced in going deep in stuff and 
and drawing a mental map of things and uh, that's quite inspiring and I believe people that do better going deep first uh, well that's, that's just my guess um, uh, people like that and other people that actually need uh, to make the assumptions you know even the fact that that there's a function call and you get to make assumptions means that you get to make a lot of questions you get to with the solidity visual developer plugin write about well i guess it does that check if it does that uh, does it do that uh, is there a return value no, no, no. you are not obligated to write everything but yeah i should definitely develop the the questioning mind uh, to, to open your mind and in the beginning uh, when i started doing that uh yeah it, it felt slow um but you know it's like it's like uh, having a very big checklist and yeah i even asked semichel uh more than a year ago if he was using a checklist and he said that in the beginning he was but then he outgrew them. That's a question you can find on Securium's Discord. It still exists if you scroll up. And um, yeah, that's kind of like it. It will take time. You will have a checklist and you will take time to answer yourself. But with experience, it will go faster. And uh, when you've become an experienced auditor, well, you will have like a million questions in mind and answer them very fast and and then see some patterns. And I believe this is how you train your auditing muscles. And this is what I was missing, how to train my auditing muscles instead of just knowing about bugs. Mm, yeah, that's a very interesting approach. Um, definitely like just asking the questions and then forcing yourself to dig a bit deeper and i guess like the, the point about the checklists um i also feel similar to that like uh, i used to have a checklist as well i had like a massive um ch uh, notes in joplin where i had all the findings um, i noted down from previous audit reports on code arena um yeah and i kind of just um as you like review those notes and it becomes more familiar to you um, you just sort of naturally know them right as you look through the code like it'll like a question will pop into your mind oh that's like from a previous finding is this possible uh, and then you, you you can creatively think of more and more questions um, to to poke at and look uh, through um, so you kind of like almost uh, make up a checklist on the fly um, as you audit the code um, at least that's sort of how I um, found it. Yeah, that's, that's, I believe, when you've got, when you've managed to weaponize the, the knowledge because it's become second nature. You, you can just feel it at some point. And I know some very good experts can't explain that because it just feels natural and like it came with experience. But how do you train that muscle? And that really depends. It might have seen, might have been obvious to just say what I said, um, but in fact, no, it's not. And uh, that's actually a strategy. Yeah, it's it's interesting how, like, you just hear some one sentence um, during a video from someone, and then 
sort of really opens your mind um, on how you um, approach problems and how you um, do stuff. Um, I, I guess some things just sort of resonate with each person differently. And, uh, you know, once you hear that, hear that perfect, you know, way of describing something that resonates with you, then, yeah, suddenly everything makes sense. And then um, <laughs> you, you break through that plateau, right? But then you feel stupid because it just seems so obvious. But, yeah, you know, when you can explain something simply in simple terms, you've really understood them. And it feels easy, but yeah, getting to that point of understanding is not. But yeah. yeah, definitely. Uh, so I guess um, after you went through Y Academy, that was when um, things really started to feel like uh, you were making progress again. Is that right? Yeah, well, I was still progressing, but a lot slower. But now it's more like I gained a lot of confidence. Uh, in my process, I know, um, yeah, but can, I can audit a lot better than before, just by knowing how to open my mind on uh, on a code base. And yeah, I've stopped going at it like a savage. I read documentation first, and, and yeah, at least to get yeah. an idea. Even reading the documentation can open your mind to to some questions. And uh, really, I just insist, but it's not about the answer, it's about the question. Mm, yeah, nice. That, that's a really good approach. Um, yeah. I definitely um, experienced similar uh, when I was going through Securium and also uh, my audit at Sparebit. Uh, how many audits have you done at Sparebit now? Yeah, there's an ongoing one. And uh, I actually started pretty late at uh, Spearbit, uh, doing that one for OpenSea uh, in September or October, a two-week one. Um, right now, we're in the mitigation review um, phase of another one, so it would make two of them. The thing with Spearbit is that um, while the payout is quite high, uh, there aren't that many audits, but when there are audits, actually the code bases are extremely optimized and the protocols are extremely well funded and they are coming to to spear a bit to get the best, uh, the best auditors uh, in the space and it's really extremely impressive. Um, Spearbit is doing a good job at uh, retaining those, ta those talents and uh, yeah, I know about some security researchers because, yeah, it's getting a little crowded <laughs> at the bit. Um, but there are security researchers who have been there for eight months and never got even one audit. And oh, good wow. uh, security researchers at that, but uh, because yeah, they are at that level. Um, but yeah, when you're a leader, definitely uh, you can shine. Uh, when you're a security researcher, you've got to show your strength. And with a payout and such, which is quite stressing to me because when they're paying you that much, you've got to do your best and even more. Um, yeah, it's extremely, yeah, you learn a lot and it's, it's extremely impressive. Yeah, Sparebit is definitely like retaining a lot of the top talents in the space. Um, I guess it's because of like the insanely uh, high rates that they're paying for security researchers. Like uh, leads, they're paying 20K a week. Uh, security researchers, 12.5. And then 
uh, they call it associates, associates six point something, and then juniors three point something k a week, um, which is just like pretty insane rates. But I guess um, the downside is you don't get audits all the time. Um, you have to wait quite a long time. Uh, I think I only did one audit um, at Sparebit since I joined uh, last year. I, I waited like a couple of months as well for my audit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, as there are many people, and uh, some of them, you know, uh, when there's a new audit, they are just like applying to it by clicking on a button. They have a platform to apply to an audit saying you are available in this time frame. But what I did to get my audit is actually showcasing my strengths, uh, saying what I was specializing in. In uh, what I read, like, uh, you know, about uh, the NFT marketplaces and such, uh, or even um, my bow-tied uh, warden's teams, um, you are pretty much deep into NFT stuff. And uh, as I also did kind of well, uh, at least on the gas, uh, gas part of uh, the OpenSea contest, I got taken in for the OpenSea audit. Mm, nice. And yeah, you've got to showcase your strength. Um, but then you you get to see an extremely optimized uh, code base. And uh, yeah, you can feel overwhelmed uh, compared to Code Arena because there, it's like there's no low-hanging fruits, uh, at least not many. And, uh, and yeah, you get to learn a lot, but you definitely need to to work uh, a lot and really try to deliver. It's important. I really feel like being in Spearbit is, well, at least for me, one of the most important things right now, uh, one of the most important places to belong. And uh, yeah, that's a bit of stress on every mm. audit. Yeah, it is getting a bit more crowded on Spearbit. Uh, when I joined, um, I think it was like 20 or 30 people um, on there. And now I just looked at it the other day. It's like around 100 people um, on Spearbit, like accounting all the um, leads up to uh, juniors, uh, 100 people all up. So, uh, yeah, I, I can see how, you know, some people are waiting a long time uh, for their first audit there. Yeah, and they will wait even more because, you know, yeah, those lead security researchers who are coming, they are... Yeah, they're really good. To, to become a lead security researcher, you've got to have been in this space for a while and be really strong at auditing. And uh, those security researchers who are coming, they are actually, for some of them, lead security researchers level. Um, but they either came in to yeah, do some audits and prove themselves, or they refused to come in as a lead security researcher because they wanted to have the opportunity to learn instead of lead. And and that's quite insane because the security researchers are becoming like lead security researchers to be. And uh, so those, those that have been waiting, um, yeah, that's not going to be much better with time. Yeah, uh, it's it's interesting on it's um to see what's gonna happen, um in the coming year. Uh, is it gonna be too crowded there, and uh, where's the talent gonna flow in the space? Because it's kind of like, 
Uh, I see at the moment, uh, like the the top people, um, the maybe like a handful of top people uh, in the space, they have gone independent mostly, like doing private audits, um, spare bit stuff. Um, and then you've got um, people who are trying to uh, sort of upskill. Uh, they were doing Code Arena and then uh, perhaps uh, looking for a job at an auditing firm, which um, actually looking for a job is not that easy now either, just even compared to last year, just because of um, the hiring has slowed down a bit um, uh, because of the crypto bear market. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's getting, getting hard. <laughs> it's getting hard to, to sort of get in. I, I think we, we are very fortunate to have gotten like early last year yeah, very, um, very. onto Code Arena uh, in this space. It's still not too late, but uh, new people coming in will have to work uh, a lot harder, maybe. Well, I'm saying that, but we <laughs> already work like <laughs> like crazy people, so, uh, but they can definitely make it and mm. uh, get their chances. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely still opportunity um, to be had, right? Just not, maybe not in the immediate term uh, because um, because of the increase in competition and also um, right now the jobs are kind of scarce and people are waiting a long time for to, to actually do an audit. When Before, when we were in the bull market, like projects were waiting months <laughs> to do an audit, not the other way around, uh, right? So maybe when we hit the next bull market, uh, perhaps in two to three years, then if that switch uh, flips again to the other way around, uh, yeah, people who are sort of leveling up right now, uh, I would imagine wouldn't have too much issues getting into the industry. Yeah, definitely. And uh, yeah, I believe people would, would have wanted to be there, those that uh, would miss that uh, bus. <laughs> I'd say, um, yeah, you really want to be someone knowledgeable at the next uh, bull phase uh, of the market, definitely. Um, I do believe it will be, yes, lucrative, full of opportunities, extremely interesting. Actually, one of my goals is to be one of the big names by that time. Um, I really have, yeah, some kind of fame, I guess, but yeah, I, the more I learn, the more I know how those that are truly experienced and that have been doing that for a while are far ahead and it's both impressive, inspiring and yeah, you want to be there, (laughs) aim for it. Mm, yeah, I definitely feel the same. Like the more you learn, the more you feel like, like there's a lot more. Um, th- there's a big, um, you know, level gap there between like the top people who are doing this and uh, you know people who've just been doing it for like a year or six months or something like that. Um, even yeah, e- even now when um, I got a job at an auditing firm, yeah, I still feel like there's still a lot more um, for me to to upskill on. And so what do you think um, in terms of your uh, thoughts around, um, you know, like either bounty hunting on Immunify or Code Arena or um, getting a job at an auditing firm? Uh, For you, what do you think um, is, what are your sort of goals uh, around this? Well, um, when I was 
plateauing pretty hard. Uh, I did um, find a lot of value in being in a team. Um, I really believe I break through that plateau and that I can bring a lot more value now. Um, but I still feel like, you know, th there's this uh, African proverb which says that alone we go faster, but together we go further. And the thing is, yeah, maybe you can accumulate a lot of data and knowledge in your mind, but if you want, if you want to take it to the next level of creativity, insight and such, um, finding a good team, a good firm, people you can work with, match with, can actually go a long way to take you to the next level. And I believe one of the next stages would be to really be in a good team. My own team, uh, well, we might go back to Codarina from time to time, but they were mainly on their own engagements, uh, even if we were still learning together, but we are not auditing as a team. So joining a firm, and I actually have one firm in mind that I really like, uh, it really clicked, so we'll see how it goes. Um, joining a firm uh, and people you like, you can work with, or even you admire, um, yeah, it might take you to the next level. Actually, I believe that um, I wouldn't have been ready to do it last year um, because I needed to make my own experience. There were so many opportunities. Uh, there were lots of things I wanted to try and I was still trying to find myself. Um, and given the overwhelming amount of things to learn and to know, yeah, alone I went faster um, in getting the data in my mind. But connecting the dots and going to the next stage, yeah, uh, one of my goals is to join a firm, which might sound counterintuitive because it feels like people kind of outgrow uh, firms, but it really depends on what type of person you are, what, what type of learner and auditor and how your brain works. And for me, and I believe for a lot of other people, um, it's, there's, there are actually a lot of benefits in being in a team and in a firm. Yeah. Even just to grow, if, and if you want money, you talked about bug bounty, just dive deep into a bug bounty program that really interests you. Um, I confess I never really did bug bounty hunting. I, uh, I try to run my automations and yeah, you know, the, pro the projects are already audited and such and you wouldn't find something very fast. Um, you can poke around and search, but I feel like with bug bounty hunting, I'd rather have a project that is of interest to me and learn from it. You know, um, when you're auditing or bounty hunting, um, you really want to continue progressing and, and learn, not just apply what you know. And that's one of my biggest mistakes. I've for a long time just applied what I knew and yeah, was accumulating data and search and trying to know things but you really want to have some benefits from 
Everything from the deep end, and not the hunting. Apply what you know is sort of like reading the previous order reports and trying to pattern match like the same findings. Yeah, it, it, it's good. Yeah, it, it's good to start, you know, but once it has become, it's become a second nature and yeah, you, you can you can become trapped, I guess, even in auditing firms, uh, if you are doing it for, for a long time, because yeah, you are finding bugs, uh, you're optimizing codes, and yeah, you're not missing what you shouldn't miss, but that's not the way to go over and beyond. You see, in terms of learning, and uh, I actually really believe that since realizing those, um, I'm on the right path. I can feel it, and really excited about learning again and uh, how I do things. So yeah, at some point you've got to discard something. Yeah, um, I I feel the same way. Like auditing as a team, uh, I probably had my biggest jump um, doing my Securium audit and then the Sparebit audit. Um, it, it really feel I, I really feel that collaborative process um, where you you like ask a lot of questions that open your mind to stuff um, and just expose yourself to more ideas uh, right so I guess that's one of the reasons why I decided to join an auditing firm uh, because um, I feel it's it's a good good way to uh, spend some time just working with other people because you're always working with um, a team um, at a firm so uh, that is going to be a really good help in uh, upskilling um, and also just the time that I was able to spend like you, you already quit your job like early last year uh, I was still uh, working full-time so I wanted to just spend more time on auditing and I wasn't able to do that so yeah that um, I guess that's the second factor uh, why I joined um, an auditing firm and you know now it's been a month um, since uh, working uh, full-time as an auditor and I the, the biggest thing was just a feeling that luxury of uh, slowing down and um, looking through the code in more detail and just uh, digging uh, deeper and having more understanding as opposed to like just feeling that time rush and maybe like feeling like um, you know you didn't have enough time to, to go through a code arena order or just only doing this part-time or something like that. Yeah, especially on Code Arena when there are several contests uh, running in parallel, you really want to do uh, all contests, and um, it's really hard to not get the fear of missing out. And uh, yeah, it's hard to dive deep on Code Arena. It's definitely the thing to do, however, but uh, yeah, it can be challenging mentally. Uh, it worked uh, quite well for trust. We did also put in quite a bit of hours. But uh, yeah, slowing down to go faster, in fact, uh, that's counterintuitive, but, but you really need at some point uh, want to go into details and learn and benefit from things and yeah, really take your time. That's also what happens in Spearbit. You've, got, you've actually got time uh, to, uh, to edit the code and it's one. Uh, code base where you are paid quite well to really focus on it and uh, and there's a lot of value in that but yeah code arena if you want to make it big uh, don't try to be everywhere at the same time mm. yeah good tips so what um, are you, 
your advice to like uh, new people coming into the space? Um, how should they approach Code Arena or, or, or like if they're coming from another industry or, or if they're a student or something, they really want to get into Web3, uh, what would you recommend to them? Well, it depends on the stage you're at, definitely. Um, but I mentioned the, the concept of questions. You need to ask yourself that questions. Uh, what are your actual needs? Uh, is your head empty? <laughs> well, go through Securium. Uh, like my head was empty uh, in 2021. Um, you've got some knowledge, but things are missing. Go through the CTFs, debug stuff. Go through some repos that are actually explaining some bugs. Um, if you need more practice, uh, it really depends on... Uh, on where you're at, but try to to see where you are. Are you really a beginner? Um, it's a securium, definitely. Are you intermediate? Um, try to accumulate knowledge and connect the dots, but don't try to do everything at the same time. Maybe take one audit or one specific area of interest and try to dive deep in it. Um, I'm saying that, but I struggle to do it because, uh, yeah, I also had the fear of missing out uh, when there were lots of contests and such. So uh, do what I say, but not what I did, not what I'm doing <laughs> right now. Um, but yeah, we are only human, and we can only take the best effort at. Uh, go into best report uh, mode, you see. So, yeah, I'd say there are a lot of resources and uh, be it C. Michel's blog, uh, the blog from Patrick D, YouTube videos, books, uh, CTFs, uh, lots and lots of repos that actually explain bugs or as you saw and uh, yeah, you, you shared it. I, I sent you the link and you shared it. Uh, DeFi Hack Labs who retraces previous hacks um, go through those, but slow down. You've got to understand, not just know. Uh, that would be my advice. Well, yeah, not nice. at first. At, at first, accumulate data in your head. <laughs> yeah, there definitely some good tips. Don't try to follow someone, even not me. Um, if you're different, if you can relate to me, yeah, you can try. And, can avoid my mistakes and things I learned late by hearing it uh, early. Um, but really try to know yourself. Yeah, I know it's a very old <laughs> quote, but really try to know yourself. Uh, uh, because at some point when you're just trying to do things that you believe you should do, um, that might not be the way to go and it might reach a plateau that can go on for a long time and you would just feel depressed because you are actually feeling like you are doing what you are supposed to do, some structured learning and things you are supposed to learn, but you are not feeling like you are progressing and weaponizing your knowledge. Try to know what are your specific needs as a person, as an auditor. What type of auditor are you? 
makes sense. Well, it's been a pleasure chatting with you, Dravi. Uh, yeah, a lot of too. good tips. And um, I, I really appreciate that different um, point of view, like hearing how um, other people um, went through their journeys. And um, yeah, definitely um, it's more relatable, right, um, to, to people who are coming new um, to hear some struggles and then overcoming them. So uh, yeah, that's really great to hear. And uh, I hope you uh, get into that auditing firm that you are hiring. And uh, yeah, that's, uh, it's going to be a pretty interesting 2023. Yeah, I believe so too. And uh, thanks for having me. <laughs>